what is good to find all so this is one of those days where obviously i decided i'm just gonna record from my app um because my laptop is not working that's part of the reason why i held back because i really do prefer to record from my laptop but as you can probably see by the title i've been wanting to address this so i feel like why not just put it out there and if i need to i can always come back and embellish <laughs> which is not supposed to be negative it means i can just add on to or expand some more but um i have been observing that a lot of women are male identified um and i can say that i used to be um but i think that it was around the time that i burnt my cape and my cross and those goddamn ugly boots you know they always talk about oh, we need to keep the boots on their neck and the black community and stuff and, you know, suit up and boot up and fight for your rights and all of that stuff. And, but, um, and, and that's been, has that been about three months now, you guys? I think, um, it's been maybe, yeah, towards the beginning of this year, I think. Um, and so it does take time, but I want to invite you to join me and just kind of start to pay attention to, to what that means, especially as a divine feminine, I think that um, I will give you a perfect case in point of a woman that is male identified and it will surprise you. But when you listen to it, you're going to see exactly what I mean. If you go to entertainment tonight and you look at the episode, um, I don't know the young lady's name, but she is talking about the situation with Bilal and Sharifa. And um, she goes off on Sharifa. And because I've started to understand what um, male identified means, especially when you're talking about how women respond to certain things, that is a grade A example of a woman that is male identified. So... It was easier for her to say some of the things I talked about in the previous podcast. And I, it's funny because sometimes I've, I I feel aggravated that I'm not punting, putting, punting. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a bad word. If I had said that around my mom, should have been like, girl, um, putting content out. But I'm starting to understand that sometimes it has to happen a certain way. And then the flow will come in exactly the way it needs to. But in the previous podcast, I was talking about how you know, um, women really do set the standard. I'm really, really proud of the black women in luxury standard. Um, I love it because every day and every way we're supposed to be becoming better versions of ourselves, and it has to manifest, you know, I'm probably even going to be a little bit rude, but understand I'm in the trenches too, because I've been talking about how if you consider yourself to be a high vibrational person or a divine person there's no reason why you should be to be poor and probably you shouldn't be fat or unhealthy either Oop, i said it i'm going for my exercise i'm drinking my gallon of water a day getting my ten thousand steps in doing what i need to to get myself into even better shape but oop i said it i say all of that to say um even with the black women in luxury it becomes a lifestyle and it's something to you work that you work on. And the more you work on your inside, it's going to spill over into other areas. It has to spill over into your finances and it has 
to spill over into your the way that you eat and the things you consume and how you view your temple, not just your temple of your mind, right? When you talk about your temples, um, but also your body. Ooh, I said it, but um, when you look at how Sharifa, when she came in, the woman's standard is, you know, and I think that of a divine feminine is like, how can you let something be dilapidated? You should be taking care of the things around you. And um, if that means you have to take an extra contract job or sell more goods or services or work another job to make sure that you fix the window, fix fix the baseboards, that you um, take care of the grass and the, and the, the lawn and that you're changing out the appliances and taking care of those things, that that should not be frowned upon but the um and, and part of it too is the the guy he did use manipulative um tactics i think that you know he does that across the board but i think what what aggravated the situation is she was coming from another country and on a k1 um K1 scenario, but I know that there are other men that live locally or whatever that that have those beliefs and would pull those tactics. There was another um guy that I think he was on um Real Talk with Yanni. He wasn't, but she had discussed how he was complaining about a woman not giving him a hundred dollars. Um because he wanted to see he was testing her to see what would happen. Um if he asked her for money and he did it under the premises of him booking a um a trip and and having to pay and coming out of pocket now mind you like no tea no shade but let me let me let, I'll be really wanting to go off but oof one day it will come out and then and this is the thing that that that's why they always say be careful with the quiet ones because it's like, it's just going to be that one little push and then all this stuff comes out and you're like, oh my God, you're clutching your, clutching your pearls. Like, I had no idea, but it's in there. <laughs> I'm that person that will be sitting there like watching it and I'll just be like laughing in my head. Like, <laughs> But anyways, um, so I know that there are guys out there that use manipulative tactics such as that um, and trying to make it seem like you should accept me living in these deplorable conditions, you know, you should accept that I'm not going to have, I don't have enough to take care of myself and I'm going to put you into that situation. And that is really not okay. And so when you listen to the hostess for that entertainment tonight, you see her identifying more with the man and speaking more from a black man's perspective. And I'm saying that because I am a black woman. Um, I am fascinated because I've been kind of just putting little subtle and maybe not so subtle hints out there. You know, um, we haven't really had a discussion about what divesting means. I think everyone has their own definition, which makes it a little bit difficult. And if you choose to be triggered, then so be it. Um, it has more so to do with how you're thinking unless and until the point that I define it. But I would say that to me, my understanding of it is you're just not, you're divesting from dust and, and that can even be triggering. But 
it's moving away from things that no longer serve you, which is very much in alignment with my North Node. You know, letting go of things that no longer serve you is very much a life theme for me. And I'm learning to do that in my love life, learning to do that in my wealth, learning to do that in my spirituality. Christianity does not serve me as a black woman. When I look at Christianity and and its views and how it promulgates domestic violence, domestic discipline, um, considering that most of the churches are mostly comprised of women, yet those are the ones that are abused, and yet still it leeches off of their money, which is a whole other... I've gone in on that before. I talk about the relationship of how this you know, masculine re- male religion take tithes, rapes the women financially, and yet still turns around and, and doesn't even advocate for them and, and encourages domestic violence and you know, forgiving dusty behavior. Um, but to me, divesting means, you know, there's going to be people who are going to still be married to somebody or date somebody who's, let's just say, right? And and it's, you know, if, if you're from another race or ethnicity, and I know there's kind of like talking language about that too. Let me just talk to you from where I'm at. If it's remedial, it's remedial. If it might seem low vibrational, then just... Understand I am committed to ascending and getting a better understanding as I go. But from what I understand now, you know, like I said, there are going to be some people who will still date within the same race or ethnicity. Um, But it means that you're looking for a better caliber, a better way of life. Because if I were to explain it, like even in the black community, like there are some black people that I will not associate myself with, like if you have poor grammar all the time and um, not spelling and don't know how to do like stats, data, if you can't have a, a literate conversation, if you um, are just ingrained in like poverty mindset. So, you know, for me, it's like even divesting from spirituality, like anything having to do with poverty and even victimhood at this point. And again, you've probably noticed the difference. I still have podcasts up where they're um, poverty mindset and they're um, victim mindset. And I intentionally left those up. At some point, I might take them down and or archive them. But I want it to be there because I want you to see the progression and growth. And as I'm ascending, I'm not no longer committed and holding on to dear life to this idea that I'm a victim. Now I'm out here saying like, wait a minute, I'm not a victim. I'm in control of my life. I can proactively look for things that are going to bring me passive income that that's going to give me a life of that's going to provide for my niece. That's going to, you know, allow me to explore the world and enjoy the finer things. And um, and I'm going to go ahead and say this here, too. Um because we're talking about the male identified woman, but also the divine feminine. And some of the, the nuances that lie below that conversation, when you say, well, I want a partner, especially I think coming from a woman's perspective, that he needs to make the six figures, um, or at least what I'm making, which is what I hear a lot of women say. A lot of women will say, well, he needs to make at least what I'm making at a minimum, but six figures because... For one, men make more. And it's funny because men will... will uh, no one's really called this out. Like, they've kind of danced around it, but I'm going to go straight to the center. 
they will want to date someone that is um, five and 10 years younger than them, but they expect them to bring 50% to the table. And it's like, sir, the world is stacked in your order. It's a man's world. Like you're getting paid 70% more than a woman. So for a woman to have to hustle and bustle and be 5, 10, 15, 20 years younger than you, you want a 20-year-old, a 25-year-old to to make just as much or more than you in a in a world where men are the ones getting the promotions where it's in favor of the man where they're getting 70% more well not 70% more i think they they make um women make 30 30 cents less for every man every dollar that a man makes so the uh, and so but you want a woman to come 50-50 with you 50-50 on a house and she's 5 years younger than you 10 years younger than you and it's one of those funny things because it's like like I said it's a man's world right so everything is in your or in your favor and everything is against the woman and so she has to like really man up in order to bring her 50% to the table you know but that's that's what you guys want like no one's really called that out you want younger women to bring 50%. You want the younger woman, five years younger, 10 years older, 15 years older, to bring 50% to something that is already in your advantage or your favor. It's like, that's like playing, maybe not the best analogy, but that's like playing basketball. And it's like every time, you know, it's your team, you get to wear those shoes that have the springs on them with the light basketball. It's almost like that one guy that was letting the air out the um, football Oh, the Patriots, right? <laughs> it's like every time you get the ball, you deflate the ball, you know, but when it's the other team, they have to play with the with all the air in the ball and they have to, um, the referees are on their side and, and all this stuff. But anyways, um, so we're talking about money and I, I kind of did get a little bit sidetracked. I thought that was interesting. But so, yeah, men want women to bring that 50% to the table. And I did lose my train of thought a little bit. Oh, okay, I know what it was. So when I'm saying that I want someone who makes at least what I want, there is a mindset that goes into accumulating that wealth. Those people who accumulate wealth, there's an idea that you have hustle and grind and you're ambitious and you like nice things and you like the finer things in life and you want to experience life better, right? And so it takes time. Yes, it can take time to accumulate that. You know, I think it's a lifestyle and you start to accrue it at whatever time you decide. You could be a young person under the sound of my voice and decide that that's what you want for your life. Welcome to the to the journey. Welcome to the lifestyle. You know, and some of you are going to hold off a little bit more um, and fight it. And that's okay. You know, as long as I, I have to just joke, I probably have to make a little mean, like my, my little sister, she's just like, not, not I. You can stay in poverty over in your side. But me, I'm always going to fight to like, I'm in the, I'll keep it. I've said it before. I had a house. Um, sold it. And unfortunately, I, I lost my investment money, but I'm back on the grind. And the next thing I'm going to do is get into another house. Huge believer in real estate, right? But um, the reason that I'm okay with women saying that they want that type of a guy is because it speaks to the mindset. Like, pe- like to me, money is just something tangible. 
But what lies below somebody making that amount of income is the mindset. Now, that being said, you can have a high earner. And I think that that's what this journey and part of my podcast are going to be about moving forward. Because you guys know I've dated the like seven figure and the I think was it like nine figure earners. I've done that. They were high earners, but they weren't high value. And I think that that's part of what my podcast is and documenting that journey and documenting that growth and kind of trailblazing in my own right to kind of help you understand that. And that's kind of what this conversation is about. So, um, yes, to one degree, you you know, I, I kind of preface it. Let me let me break down the tears for you. I was saying you shouldn't. A broke person, I don't think a broke person is a divine person. I don't think a fat person is a divine person. I don't think you can be a Christian and be broke in every sense of the word. I think Christians are racist, but at the same time, um, and and if you were part of my journey, you already know what it is. But um, so what I'm saying is there's levels to it. So if you're in that poverty mindset, unfit, you're consuming, you know, garbage in, garbage out with your body, you're not taking care of your temple, your mind and your body is your temple. You're not going to resonate with that. The next level is, okay, this person understands that they can manifest, that they're in charge, that the locus of control lies within themselves, and that they also understand fitness, mind, body, and spirit. It has to spill over to where they have wealth. The, the nuance is going to be going to the next level, to the 5D. And so then now this is where you can identify the difference between a high earner and a high value man. Meaning you can have men who are healthy, like wealthy, like Bilal, but his mindset or what they call pathology or the way that he views things is still low vibrational, Right. It is still, so he has learned how to put action. He understands that the locus of control lies within himself. He's been able to multiply and reproduce finances. He's been able to generate income and currency, right? But he doesn't understand. He's not a high vibrational thinker, right? Um, Whereas... And I want to highlight the examples, understanding that they're outliers. But I, I listen, part of my fight, and I've said this before, but um, it's been a while since I've said it, and it's a perfect time to say it. I want my divine feminines to be in happy, loving relationships. I want my divine feminines to be wealthy as fuck, right? AF. I want y'all to be joining me in the Black Girl Luxury Movement. And understand I'm in it for the long haul, right? Um, I understand that whoever's hearing this message, there are things that I invested in 12 months ago that I'm still expecting to come in this year, right? So it's going to take time. And then then I'm going to continue to grow those things for another year, 24 years, 24 months, 36 months, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. It's a process. It's a lifestyle, right? But I'm not going to tell you that you need to stay in a job where they treat you poorly. I'm going to tell you how to leverage your exit and tell you that you can exit to something better. And I'm going to tell you that you deserve all the 
hugs and kisses and flowers and handholding and you deserve someone who loves you and adores you. You deserve someone who loves your companionship. I think it's almost to the point where and and I'm starting to get that twinkle in my eye that I want to see in every black woman's eye, you know, in the sense of like starting to just fall in love with just being a woman again. You know, when I was talking about being my, my experience at Glen Ivy, you know, for as beautiful as that place is, what makes it so beautiful and why I think some of the men that go there love to go there is because when you're around beautiful women, you love the way they laugh. You love the way that they think. You love that they're so carefree. You love that when, you know, uh, we were doing the gym uh, the water pool class thing and it was fun I was in there dancing to the music and doing the arm exercises and doing the leg stuff and going to the beat and just so happy and so carefree and so much laughter and you know um some people were already having alcohol before 12 o'clock you know what I'm saying it's like you just love each other's companionship I you know not to pedestalize them but I do enjoy a good tall good looking man that's handsome with the muscles all of my exes had it like um one of my my first exes when I tell you he um my first boyfriend he was muscular as hell he used to um be like entertaining entertaining I'm trying to think of the body type but he was like muscular muscular like um, I can't even think of a body. He he wasn't a bodybuilder because I don't really like the bodybuilder body type. And I was gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about that because one guy recently died. Um, I feel bad for his family and for for the the kids and stuff. But that's just too much and everything in moderation. But you get to the point where you enjoy each other's company. And I'm going back to why I started this. You know, I want my divine feminines to know that. If anybody's going to be in that 1%, I want it to be us. For my divine masculines, if I uh if if I want anyone to be in a happy relationship with a divine feminine, I want it to be you, right? If I want any divine masculine to be making a lot of money and to really understand, it's you. I've done podcasts. Um there's one podcast that says every black male should listen to this one. It's from the book The Science of Getting Rich and it really breaks down how to undo Maybe some of the conditioning and programming you've been told as a black male about victimhood, about poverty, about your ability to make finances and what that means for marriage. Okay. Um, but I hope that I broke down the tears. I think that it's okay for a woman to say, I want a man that makes six figures. I think that's on that's um a higher vibrational type of woman, but I think that the divine feminine is going to be that man that is a high earner, but also um, a divine person that is um, high value in the sense. And one of my favorite gods that we talked about was Anubis. The I did an oracle on Anubis, and that is who one of the characteristics of what I see for those of you who are single and open to love right? Um, there was something else I was going to say, and I see I'm running out of time, which is perfect because um, I wanted to just kind of uh, circle it. We talked a little bit about the being male identified. I think that 
Um, I want to encourage you if you're kind of on this journey wanting to learn, go look at Entertainment Tonight um, and look at the 90 Day Fiance, her observation of um, Bilal and Sharif. And you're going to see exactly what I mean by male identified. And I think that um, I would want to see more transformation in how we relate to each other as women and um, help each other uphold the golden standards. Because I think a lot of us, even though we're embodying, embodying is a very, you know, um, the, you know, we have el cuerpo de, de un mujer, right? We're, we're in the body of a woman. Like, we still, some of us think like men. And um, as I'm saying this, like it, it really, I'm not going to be too hard on you. I just want you to kind of think about it and see it. And then once you see it, it will start to transform how you see yourself and how you see other women because um I used to be that woman in some ways right until I got to that path where it's like I burnt the cape and I burnt the 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 those ugly boots and I burnt the cross the cross right the idea that I'm a victim the idea that I'm unable the idea of of being manly right and men will need to then do their own thing. I, I've moved away from giving advice to men in the sense that I think men stop listening to their to their mom once they're the age of eight. So who am I? Unless it's like my divine masculine and we like to share and bounce ideas off of each other. But I can't give you advice on how to man other than, you know, because for you, it'd be the complete opposite. It would be um, you learning how to be a protector and a provider, um, how to multiply and do all the other stuff but again like I said it's funny because I, I I wouldn't be doing you service to try to tell you how to divine masculine but I can tell you for divine feminines what we need to be is not be divine we don't we don't need to be male identified and in many ways in many ways male identified is um doing us a disservice and I talked about that in the last podcast um I understand that there's outliers um, and I would like to think that each of you under the sound of my voice understand that you are part of the outlier. So when I say I want you in healthy relationships, I understand that 97% um, of the people around us are going to be in, um, you know, domestic violence relationships or, you know, unfaithful relationships with STDs and living in poverty and unhealthy. Right. I understand that that that's the current state for a lot of people. I think one of the other things I kind of want to talk about in future podcasts is, you know, the divine feminine as the divine masculine are evolving or blossoming. I don't think we're, we come out of the womb being divine feminine. It's something you grow into kind of like a rosebud and you blossom. And so I can give a little bit of wiggle room to divine masculines in that they are stepping into their power in the same way that the woman is stepping into her power, the divine feminine. Um, right? Just a little, and we will talk about the nuances of what that means, but I think that at this point, a lot of the divine masculines are being coddled to the point where it's crippling them. Um, I did a podcast on that too, but yeah. So all of that to say, you know, definitely go check her out. And you, that's a great A example, perfect example of male identified. When you listen to her, you're going to see that she agrees more with the man and she's actually putting down the woman. I talk about how, you know, I think there's a farce of pretending that there's um, a sisterhood when there isn't. 
I don't have a problem calling that out right now. I think that some people are in the outlayers and may have camaraderie with other women, but collectively we do not get along with each other and we are more likely to attack other women, especially I think in the black community. Like when I saw how um, black women were talking about India Irie, India Irie was doing nothing but sitting in her brown skin, living her best moisturized life, decided to pull her music off of Spotify after this um, Joe Rogan guy was using the N-word. And when I tell you black women went in on her, like when I tell you that 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 second hand hurt my feelings is second hand hurt my feelings. And that's why I don't have a problem saying like we need to address those things. Um, But if you are going to pretend and tell me that you being an outlayer um, and having camaraderie and a sisterhood with different ethnicities and different races and even with other black women, um, and you're going to try to tell me that that's the whole collective, that's a lie. And we need to fix that. We need to address that. And you can see that. Um, I think that if you can learn anything talking about male identified, you will notice that if it's one thing that men have right is that they have a brotherhood. You know, even to the point where the men who really should be what I consider divine masculines are they will not speak out against the negative stuff that the lower vibrational men are doing. They continue to do themselves and live their best lives, at least from what I see on social media, right? But they're not going to go out and denounce. And then um, they also have a very strong bro code. But women, we don't have code with each other. We will sleep with somebody else's man. Let me tell you, we will try to take your man, especially like in the quote unquote twin flame journey. Girl, that man will have shown you his whole entire ass, right? Don't call you. Don't give a fuck about you. Not even checking for you will ghost you, breadcrumb you. And he will be living with his whole other girlfriend, whole other baby's mama, whole other wife. And you're going to be sitting there scheming on how to get this man back. We don't have no sisterhood code. Like, nah, don't don't even. I would like to see us get to at least 51 percent of camaraderie with, between the sisterhood before I will, you know, come back and amend my statements and say, you know what? We have a sister code. Um I've talked about this, too, in terms of like, because we are talking a little bit about male identified. And I'm going to keep this um, really short because I know I'm, I'm at the 30 minute mark. But even at work, and I've mentioned this before, too, you know, some of it's one thing to go into work. And it, as I think about it, I've had male bosses and they will do what bosses do. But some of the the, the shittiest situations I've had have been at the hands of other women. And one of the worst, it's like I've had other women make my life miserable at work. But one of the worst, like it's crazy because it's like, you know, you you can take hits, but you have that one person who will take the knife and put it in between the armor and really get you in, in there was from a black woman. Like when I tell you this woman damn near annihilated me and had the audacity, she knew she was wrong. She and she couldn't even look at me in my face. But I already knew what it was and it was kind of cool because I was standing in my power and I knew what it was. And I'm like, dang, she really doing this with these people. Right. 
And then she came back and she apologized. She came to the office and sat down and was trying. And I was just looking at her like dead in her face. Like, you have 3.5 seconds to get the out of my face, ma'am. Ma'am, respectfully, you know. And it's funny, like, you know, I think I want to talk a little bit more about. Um, I'm glad I don't have to work for anybody else again. Um, I'm at this point unemployable because I think that it's unfortunate when you talk about slave wages, the stuff you have to put up with, um, just because somebody's paying you and the things you do to keep a job and, um, which coincidentally are some of the things we do to keep relationships. But anyway, um, that's why I want to encourage more women to have passive income to where you can be financially free. Um, I'm looking forward to doing a financial freedom podcast in July. I will have had a couple more things come in and I can really share with you some of the things that work along those edges. But when I tell you, you know, in terms of being male identified, it's possible even as we're talking about this and I'm wrapping it, you know, we talk about the analogy pitbull in a skirt which I identified myself with too when I was working. Um, and I, I'm telling you, I'm in the trenches with you. I'm coming as someone who used to be male identified, used to be very much wearing my cape, used to be very much, um, you know, carrying that cross, very much wearing the boots. And, but that whole uh, um, pitbull in a skirt mentality at work and that means that if you're going to be kind of like an alpha male at work right I actually um I'm not I don't consider myself to be an alpha female I used to now I consider myself sigma omega female and I'm okay with that um which is more of a minority I think sigma females are very very rare um I did not become that overnight I think it, it became a process for me um but so with alpha comes this idea that you are dominating everything, including other women. So we just want to revisit what that means and what that looks like. Um, and to what is the degree of limiting belief. Anyway, I just wanted to think about that. Um, I'm going to put something in the title, something along the lines of, you know, more women are male identified than you might care to believe. And you'd be surprised who is that. So just something to think about. Go check out that girl on Entertainment Tonight as she talks about Bilal, which is, if I looked it up, um, his name, Bilal, is the devil, but it's um, Belial, like the spelling is just off a little bit. But still, like, I think that considering that they're Muslim and there's religion in there, like, why would you, that's like the difference between calling your son Satan and Shatan, like, you just threw an H in there and now all of a sudden it's Shatan. Like, no, sir, that's Bilal. But um, Bilal does mean devil. Um, but anyways, if you go and look at the um, video of It's a Black Woman talking about um, Bilal and Sharif from 90 Day Fiance, you're going to see a great A example of what a male identified woman looks like. And now you're going to revisit what that means for you. And what that means for the collective and how we interact with each other. So this is your girl, Baby Oracle. Until the next podcast, peace.